Welcome to the Called Women Podcast, a dedicated space for women ready to venture beyond the familiar and embrace the whispers of their true calling. I am your host, Natasha Miller. Join me as we dive into remarkable stories of resilience, celebrating the beauty of blooming in our own time and navigating the sometimes uncertain path to purpose. This podcast is more than an invitation for you to simply step into your unique place in God's story. This is a sacred space where your gifts are not just celebrated, but are needed. So I encourage you not to simply listen, but actively embrace the journey ahead where every episode we are specifically creating for you to make that step closer to fully realizing the extraordinary calling that awaits you. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to share a quick secret with you. We have a monthly private episode for women who are subscribed to our weekly free newsletter. So I want to make sure that you're a part of this community because when you are a part of the newsletter, you're able to submit questions where I will personally answer them on a private episode. So if you have questions about your calling, something you want to be coached through, or if you simply need some encouragement, you want to make sure that you are a part of the newsletter community. Remember, this podcast isn't my podcast. This is our podcast. And I want you to get your personal questions answered. The link to subscribe to that free newsletter is in the show notes. It's also pinned in our free Facebook community. Now let's jump into today's episode. All right. So our guest today is Leslie Lamb, and she is a podcaster, a counselor, a writer, and minister of truth. I've had the privilege of getting to know her through her personal podcast titled Sifted Wheat and um, being able to listen in on her journey of healing, her journey of helping others heal has really been so uh, rich to my heart and soul. So I knew I wanted to have her come on and share with each and every one of you. So Leslie, welcome to the Call to Women podcast. Thank you so much, Natasha. I'm excited to be here. Yes. Okay. So I want to go right into our conversation because I know that you have so much that God has done in your life. And I want us to be able to squeeze as much as we can into this conversation. So um, you are one of our very, our very first guests here on the show. And I wanted to have you here because I wanted you to really be able to share your personal experience as well as your professional experience with working with women and helping them sift through the rubble of their life. Um, So if you can describe your calling or if you could even share, how about, okay, now I have two questions. Let's first learn a little bit about Leslie. If you could share who you are and what you, who you are, and a bit of your story? Well, first of all, I'm a child of God. (laughs) That's the most important thing, because that that becomes the purpose of why I'm here, right? Um, And I grew up overseas. My parents were missionaries. Um, I, I went to a boarding school from the time I was 12 years old until I graduated and I was 18. And because of that, I had a lot of trauma in my life. And so a lot of trauma messages kind of informed my belief system and informed my belief system, not only about me and others, but also about God. 
And um, so really, I'm 47 now, and I've just been in this journey of God removing the chaff, the broken parts of my life, and replacing them with his goodness. And because of that, I'm passionate about other women finding their worth outside of the things that happen to them. We are not the sum of our mistakes or our trauma, but we are people created by God with purpose. And so in a nutshell, I would say that that's who I am. God, he saved me. He created me. He appointed me to be both a voice of truth and a light in the darkness. Mm, That's so good, Leslie. What would you say with even just sharing clips of your journey at 12 years old and then going into boarding school and how that really affected you as you became an adult? What? So are you able to describe to us that moment in your life where you knew, okay, what I have gone through and what I experienced in my past, it's now time to, to actually confront? Whew. Well, you know, it's kind of been a slow process of confronting because we're not made up of just one season. We're made up of multiple seasons. And if I'm honest, it wasn't until I got in my last major moral hardship that I really realized, okay, something has to change. And it was the time where the Lord was like, okay, I'm tired of seeing you hurt like this. And when you're ready to allow me to reveal to you what is underneath all of this, then we can really heal and you don't have to go this way again. And I took him at his word and I believed him and I started sifting through all of the messages of my life, the messages about men, the messages of my identity, the messages about God, the church, religion, what was religion and what was faith. And it was really in that process that I was able to recognize, okay, wait a minute. I was poured out on a good foundation, but little things in my life along the way were used to take me off course. And so God wants me to sit with those things so that he can heal those things so that they're no longer attached to me. And then I can live in freedom and walk others through that same freedom. Yes. No, I love the word sifting. And that is the name of your podcast. And it's a term that you just use to share your journey with the Lord. So if you could, if you could define the word sifting, how would you define it? I think so. I always think of Luke, uh, Luke 21, where Jesus said to Peter, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for you that your faith would not fail. And when you come back, you will strengthen your brothers. And so I think of sifting as any hardship, any trial, any tribulation that we go through as people. And I'm 47 and I've been through a journey of tribulation season after season after season. And if you live long enough, your life is going to be on trial. There's going to be something that happens, whether it's physically, spiritually, emotionally, that is going to affect your purpose, and who you were created to be. And so that's really what it is. It's about recognizing we have all been there or we are there now and there's hope and there's faith 
and there's light at the end of the journey. Yeah, no, that's so good, Leslie. As you were talking, I envisioned a courtroom. <laughs> I envisioned a courtroom and how you said that our lives are going to stand trial, right? So even looking at it in the, in the way of seasons of like letting go of something or God even removing something from us, something being judged, something being burned, something being restored, you know, and even just hearing, hearing your journey of, you know, accepting this this part of your story, how it's allowed you to walk in a greater, in a greater level of freedom. So on this podcast, we really want to highlight the journey and process to answering the call. And you so eloquently shared your acceptance of, you know, the responsibility that the Lord wants you to now share what he's done in you with others. So if you could describe your calling in a sentence or two, how would you describe it? Hmm. I would say, really, I believe that I'm called to be a messenger of truth and to be a light in the darkness. Like, really, it's hard to say that. And I've even thought about that. Like, how would I say that in a sentence? Um, and it's really difficult to say that in a sentence. Because it's so my calling, but ultimately it's towards women. I do know that. I've been called specifically towards women to help them to navigate life and to be strengthened in their identity in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so important because it truly is a foundation to being a confident, secure woman so that we can weather through, you know, each and every season. And I think, you know, Sometimes we feel like we need to know like specifically, which I, I'm called to this specific type of person, you know what I'm saying? Which as we continue to journey with the Lord and be, and be obedient when he asks us to be obedient, we begin to see a pattern of the type of women that he is drawing us to. So, um, with your calling and just even accepting the responsibility of leading women through therapy, leading women through your podcast, when did you actually discover your calling, right? You know, for that to help women. And how did you bridge the gap uh, between discovering it and then accepting it and walking in it? Well, that's multifaceted, you know, because each one of those took a, a measure of faith. I would say I really, I always had a heart for young women. And so I was in youth ministry for a while and um, really loved pouring into young women. Um, I had been through some things as a teenager. I struggled with some self-harm. Of course, we didn't call it that back then, uh, but I just sought, you know, to, to punish myself. And um, I had struggled with depression when I was a teenager. And so I was seeing these young girls and my heart went out to them. But at the same time, we were a young family and I had two daughters and I believed that God would have me invest in them and, and step out of ministry for a time to be there for them. And so when I did that, I didn't want to let go of the stories. And so I started writing and I you know, wrote a book. I wrote two books. I got them self-published and then I started speaking. And I enjoyed speaking, but what I realized that I loved the most was that I could sit with women, young and old, and they could relate to the stories that I wrote, and they needed hope. 
they were looking for healing and I might've had a list of resources and I was always a big proponent of therapy. Um, but there was one point where I was just like, Lord, I, I want to be part of the solution. Like I, I love these women. I love their stories. I definitely always want to be an empathetic ear, but I also want to be part of their healing journey. And the Lord clearly said, well, then you're going to have to go back to school. And so I was 37 at the time and had raised my family for the most part. And I had always believed the lie that I was stupid. And so there was a lot that I had to overcome just to apply for grad school, much less complete it. But, you know, I knew that God said it and even financially, it was like, okay, Lord, how am I going to afford this? Like, you know, we, we have one income basically, and all these other things are coming, you know, apart. I don't make, I wasn't making a whole lot of money doing speaking and stuff like that. And so I didn't know, but the Lord, I heard the Lord say, I will provide for it. And so I trusted him. And I remember telling my husband, I was like, I'm going back to grad school. I'm scared to death. And he was like, well, how are we going to afford that? I said, I don't know. But the Lord said, if I'm obedient, then he will meet me with the finances. And my husband just didn't grow up with that mindset. So he was like, okay, well, I guess you're going to be taking on two jobs or something to afford that, which he would hate that I'm saying that right now because it sounds like he wasn't supportive. But he just didn't understand. Like, how does God come up with money? You know, <laughs> now we laugh at it. But he did he covered it and I was able to get a position where I was doing an internship prior to my degree, which is unheard of. And they paid me and everything that I made not only paid for my education, but is now paying for my children's college education too. So it's like God overthrows. He always overthrows. And so that there was a lot that I had to overcome to even step into this place. But the minute that I sat down with my first client, I knew like, this is why God saved my life. Like, this is what I'm here. And so I, I mentioned in one of my podcasts where, you know, God, he, he rescued me and he saved me and he set me apart for her. And my whole life has been this question of who is her? Who isn't her? Anyone that God gives me the opportunity to speak to, and it's mostly women intentionally, it's for her that he saved my life. It's for her that he brought me healing. It's for her that he overcame obstacles for me to see me in this place. And so I take it very seriously. And it's, it's very much a deep passion of mine. So beautiful. There was so much in that story of overcoming and then also trusting the Lord at his word. And you did mention, you know, the roadblocks, you know, when it comes to, you know, finances, how is this going to work out? Um, even just your mindset and believing that you are intelligent enough, that you're worthy enough to do it. So how, because I'm sure once you were, you know, going into grad school, you were going into the exams, you were learning, you were also managing being a mother and being a wife. What were some of the other kind of roadblocks that you had to face and overcome as you completed your graduate degree? 
Well, I think a lot, you know, and I would say that a lot of counselors struggle with imposter syndrome, right? Like we have all this information, but then you're sitting in a room with people and you're hearing their stories and the enemy loves to talk to us about what we're not qualified for, right? And and we, we want to challenge that, obviously, but at the end of the day, there's still this sense of like, okay, what people's lives are in my hands, <laughs> their mental health. I mean, I'm not a doctor. I'm not holding their heart physically, but emotionally and spiritually you are, and you are at sometimes holding it and keeping it beating because they are ready to give up. And so that was another space that I had to work through to say like, yeah, I'm not a perf perfect person. And, and I don't know everything, but I know him and he knows everything. And one of the things, you know, in Isaiah, when it talks about that, you know, the sign of the Lord would be that he would be wonderful counselor, everlasting God, Prince of Peace. One of the translations, and I think it's the Passion Translation, says extraordinary strategist. And I loved that because he's more than just a wonderful counselor because he is that, but an extraordinary strategist. And I remember when I found that about five years ago and was like, that is everything. That is everything to me because that takes the pressure off me. And so when I'm sitting with these people that I counsel, when I'm on the podcast sharing my heart and being super open and vulnerable it's not my strategy that I'm worried about. It's, it's what he wants to do with that and trusting that he has a strategy, that it was planned and that he's going to see the plan through. That's so good. You have a gift. To, I've only met a few people where when they talk, I could, visual, I could visualize what they're saying, you know, from the place of just being able, and I believe that that's just the spirit of God that is upon the words that are being spoken. Um, because yeah, we need a strategist. We are not the strategist, right? And being able to walk into rooms and to walk into spaces, not depending on our ability to transform someone, but his ability. So with mentoring women with walking with women through dark seasons um what would you say is one of the major thing what would you say are one of the major areas in a woman's life that causes them to not go after the more that god has for them um and i've seen it that it's just women just feel paralyzed they feel stuck in their past they feel um, just unworthy to actually do the things that that they're envisioning or that they've heard from the mm -hmm. Lord to do. Oh, I think that women, we face a lot culturally. Um, you know, there's kind of there's so many expectations on us that we we have to accomplish. Right. You know, like. Maybe a, a long time ago, the woman's main responsibility was to take care of the family, right? But now we're in 2023 and women have this expectation that we're supposed to be able to do everything and not ask for help. And so I think that that when we have a fear of failure, it's usually rooted in that. Like, 
I don't know that I can do this. Therefore, I'm not even going to try because it's better for me not to try than to try and fail. Because somewhere inside of us, there's this message that says you're not enough. You can't do it. So when we have an experience that speaks into that message, it's crippling. And if we failed once, we're going to be so afraid to try again. But one of the things that I like to tell people is like the enemy wants us to believe that failure is the end. But for so many of us, failure is the beginning. Like if we don't fail, we don't know what doesn't work. Therefore, we don't know what does work. And so I encourage women, the women that you talk to, the women that are listening right now, you're going to fail. But guess what? It's not the end of the story. In fact, it could be the beautiful beginning of something new. And very often when we are being sifted, the enemy is taunting us saying, see, I told you, you can't do it. You're not good enough. You're not a good wife. You're not a good mother. You're not a good communicator, whatever that may be. So you might as well just sit down and be still. But he's lying. Jesus said that he's the father of lies and that everything that he says is a lie. We either believe Jesus or we believe the enemy. And I'm going to believe Jesus. And so when Jesus says he's lying to me, then I've got to go opposite of what he's telling me. And I think a big thing is that he lies to women about our worth a lot and about our sufficiency. And I, I mean, it started way back in Genesis, right? I think there's a very real reason why the serpent showed up to Eve. Because I really believe that if he had showed up to Adam, Eve would have saw through it. She would have been like, wait a minute. I think you told me that we're not supposed to eat from that fruit. So why are you entertaining this right now? <laughs> so he couldn't show up. To Adam. He had to come in and defeat Eve. And he defeats Eve with information that she was not originally privy to. And I think he does the same thing to us now. Did God really say? How do you know that he said that? Yeah. No, that's so good. It's your your answer made me think about um, a video that I was listening to from um, a woman's pastor, and she was talking about Eve and even connecting it to women, right? And I and like you said, in society today, we're kind of told who we are supposed to be, how we're supposed to feel, to where I feel like a lot of us as women have lost our connection with like our womanhood and like our unique, you know, design that was established in the garden. And she was just talking about just even for women, how we can easily doubt through how we feel, right? It's like, okay, what I see right now, it doesn't make sense. So therefore it's not God or what I'm feeling today. It doesn't feel good. So therefore, you know, the promises that God has for me are not good, you know? And I think, uh, even hearing you talk about us being able to be sufficient in the Lord and understanding that our sufficiency doesn't come from our actions or from what we do, but it comes from him it helps to really combat the enemy. And I see with just even hearing you speak that you are a woman of the word and that the word of God has really 
help to anchor your life. And I would love to know what are some, um, some rhythms that you've incorporated in your life and in your journey of becoming who you are today with the Lord. Um, you know, you know, whether it's scripture or, you know, uh, praying or whatever it is, I'd love to just kind of, you know, peek in to see what you've been able to create with the Lord uh, through the rhythms of your life. I would say, you know, every season is different. And so what I'm able to do in this season, like not everybody is able to do. um, But one thing that I have done consistently for the last 10 years is read the Bible through. And when I finish, I pick it up and I start all over again. And I don't put myself on a plan, read the Bible in a year. I just keep reading it and keep reading it and keep reading it because there's nuances in it that we miss if we just read John. And I read John and I love John and he's my favorite. But if all I read is John, then I don't understand what Jesus showed Peter, that Peter was able to articulate to Mark, or what Jesus showed Luke that he was able to see. So reading the Bible in its entirety is so significant to understanding the character and the attributes of God. Because if we don't know who he is, then we will fall for anything. And we will lose our way very quickly and we'll lose our faith very quickly because it'll be rooted in something outside of who he is. And so that is probably the most profound rhythm in my life is I just read the word. I don't put myself on a plan. Sometimes I get two verses in and I just want to sit and meditate on that. Sometimes I get two chapters in. It doesn't matter how far I get because I I tell clients this all the time. With God, it's always quality over quantity. If you've got two minutes and you give it to God, that two minutes becomes two hours because the wealth of what is included there is far more valuable than the actual minutes of time that you've invested. So the more time you invest, obviously, the more fruitful, the more quality, but God is good. If you're nursing a baby and all you can do is pray, hello, that was me, God will meet us in those prayers. And God has showed me like some of the things that I prayed over my children when I was nursing them, I am seeing manifest in their lives now at 20 and 22. If I hadn't invested the quality of that time to talk to him about my babies, they wouldn't be the women that they are today, experiencing the things that they are today. So nothing is ever wasted with God. And it's always quality over quantity. Yeah, that is wonderful um, and so encouraging, I'm sure, for the listeners who are mothers or who may just be in a hard season or may have been feeling ashamed or guilty. Because um, I know for me, once I got married and then I got I had kids and I'm like, how does this work? Like I'm used to being in my own quiet space praying down the halls, doing my own thing. Now there's somebody in the house with me, you know, and learning in every season that it is different. But I can attest to the, you know, like to that truth that God has remained faithful through those weepy prayers, through those tired prayers, through those sincere prayers. He's been, he's been faithful to help protect me and my family. Um, So I'd love to ask you this question that I'm sure a lot of listeners right now are, are, 
are, are wanting to ask, right? Because they're able to see your process and then they can even hear just um, like the boldness, you know what I mean? That are coming, uh, the boldness that's coming from the words um, that you're speaking. So um, if somebody right now were to ask you, like, I know, okay, that God has called me to something. I've dreamt about it. I've started it. Um, but um, I know that I have a call in my life. I may even know the details of it, but how do I overcome what's holding me back? Um, and I think, again, you did allude to seasons. You allude to like kind of understanding what your capacity is. But if you had a woman in front of you right now, that's literally just weary and is just kind of hopeless in regards to feeling as though they are being effective in the season that they are in now, um, how would you encourage them? Well, first I would ask them, what lie are they believing that's holding them back? Right. Like what, what is the internal belief system that's not rooted in truth? If you have the vision, if you've moved forward, then there is motivation. So what is keeping that motivation from continuing? Um, because that's a big thing, right? There are things that we believe about ourselves, about God, about others that limit our ability to keep moving forward. And so sitting with that, like, don't, don't just be like, oh, I'm in this season and there's nothing that I can do. And I really don't know why, but this is just how I feel right now. Don't leave it with that. Really press in and say, okay, what is the belief that I have? Is it about me? Is it about people? Do I not trust people to show up? Well, ultimately, that's probably about me too, right? Am I worthy of people showing up for me? Um, I encourage people like press through the feeling and process the thought because there's always something that we're thinking underneath what we're feeling. And sometimes we're too quick to give in to the emotion. And emotions are real, but they're signposts. They're showing us that something isn't functioning in the way that it needs to function. And so we need to address it. We don't just follow what the emotions are telling us. We listen to the emotions and we ask where are the emotions coming from? What is the thought or the belief system that's guiding the emotions? And is it true? And if it's not true, then I have to do the hard thing of moving against the emotions and moving into whatever is true. And it might not always feel it, right? But we have to move towards truth because the lies will cripple us. They're limiting beliefs and they're meant to be limiting. Yeah, no, that's good. I, I want to ask you, um, what would you, because with being a therapist and then also being a woman, like a, a Christian woman that loves the Lord and how would you encourage a woman who's listening, but feeling like, okay, like, do I need therapy or do I need prayer? Like, do I need like soul care spiritually to where I need to do some inner healing or do I need therapy? But I know that therapy and inner healing can be hand in hand, but maybe a woman right now in this season, you know, can't do both and. So how would you kind of help a woman be able to discern what her soul needs um, to kind of get into a place of truth um, that you're mentioning? 
I think the biggest thing is recognizing the blocks, right? Are there blocks that you can, by the Holy Spirit, by prayer, by mentorship, walk yourself through? Or are there things that even you don't want to address? And if there's something that even you, like, man, I'm just going to keep that in the back. Or I, every time I'm around this person or around this thing, something stirs up in me and I don't know what it is or why it is. That's usually a pretty good indication that you need a therapist, right? Somebody who can help you dig through those things and those blocks that you don't want to see and, you know, navigate them and find a solution for them. But, you know, that it is a personal journey, but I would definitely say that if you feel stuck and you have mentorship and you have prayer and, and still something is operating that is crippling, you probably, it would be a good idea to go to a therapist and walk that and go to a Christian therapist and go to a Holy Spirit led Christian therapist, because there's a lot of therapists out there that aren't looking for the truth they're looking to sit with you in your truth but your truth is limiting right now <laughs> and so it's recognizing okay i need somebody to come into the room to help me to navigate what i don't want to navigate maybe the shame's too deep or the hurt's too deep those are the areas that you would need a therapist instead of just good mentorship accountability um, prayer and things like that. No, that's really good. That like helped me because <laughs> I think too, um, we can hear, go to therapy, go to therapy, go to therapy. But some people don't truly understand why they're going there sometimes, or they feel pressured when I know for me, it's been both. And like with my soul work and therapy has been a great, um, help like for me to be able to process, you know, both. And, so with, um, I'd love to hear just in your journey with walking with the Lord and helping women and just personally, like, has there ever been a mentor, a pastor, a, you know, someone in your life who really like left a mark on you, um, to where it helped you in, you know, confidently, you know, doing, um, what you're doing well, helping you to confidently, confidently walk out, uh, what you're doing now. I would say that yes. Um, one of one of the women who was a mentor to my life, and really just because she could see the good, even in the bad. Like she was one of those people that sat with me in the moral failure in the moral failure of my life, and said, "I'm showing up not as a fan, but as a friend." who sees things that are not congruent with your character. And she was amazing to do that for me. And her name is Dana Owens. And I had mentored her daughter when she was a teenager. And she, you know, and it's recognizing mentorship isn't always about finding the wisest, most successful person in the room. It, it, it's about the person who looks at you and sees you and calls up the truth of who you are. And so I think a lot of times people will say, well, I don't really have a mentor because they're seeing it through the lens of 
somebody that just has it all together and they're reaching back down and they're helping them. But that's not true mentorship or accountability. True mentorship is recognizing somebody who sees you as you are and sees the calling on your life and the destiny that God has for you and says, I think I can help you to get from here to there. And I want to meet with you regularly so that we see that progress. That's so good. And it's so freeing, Leslie, because I do think a lot of women do have that idea with um, a mentor that, you know, like they're a certain age or they've accomplished X, Y, or Z in their life. I know that's how I um, had described like, you know, a mentor where I felt like I was kind of like their student. And like, I'm listening to them, like, you know, they're like, you know, the best person to do it. And I'm coming and learning from them and I don't really have a say and I'm just, you know, following their direction, but a Holy Spirit led mentor that is supposed to be in your life. I can agree with you that they see the best in you. And I found that it's even a form of friendship, but there's a level of just kind of like, I don't know. It's just this understanding that you can't really put into words where it's just like, no, this person is called to me. And in a sense, I'm called to them as well, because it's like we're kind of journeying through this together in this sacred season. Um, so, yeah, that was beautifully put. OK, so we like to ask all of our guests a question from our call to women community. So here goes one. I've always wanted to start a podcast or start using my voice, but I'm nervous about the how. Can you give me some, some advice on what helped you not be so overwhelmed with the details? The details get me all tripped up. So this is a, a question from our audience. So what advice would you give our sister in Christ? <laughs> I always tell people that it's about connection, not perfection, right? And so if you're connected to truth, right, if you have a heart for people, connect. And if the way that you want to do that is through your voice, do it and trust the process. Go and grow, right? I mean, you you posted something on social media that was awesome. I, I showed it to my friend and I was like, this truly is podcast world where you had your ring light up on top of a box in front of your laptop. I was like, yeah, that that's the real deal right there. I mean, very few of us have the resources to go out and buy all the equipment and, you know, the, the teleprompter and all of that stuff. Like if you have a heart, then you move in what God has is telling you to do. And the, and the confidence and the boldness comes the more you do it, right? If you don't do it because you're convinced that you can't do it well, then that's on you, quite honestly. If the Lord put the gift in you and you're going to dig a hole and bury it, then you're going to have a lot of regret. And life is too short to regret. And so the first thing, just step in. What does that look like? You know, maybe it doesn't start with a podcast. Maybe it starts with doing live reels from time to time. Like it doesn't, you don't have to start big, but you got to start somewhere. And so, and, and just go and grow. It doesn't have to be perfect. It's not going to be perfect. Matter of fact, in this culture, people don't want perfection. We don't want it anymore. We want authenticity. 
We want somebody to show up and just be real. So literally, social media, be real. People want to see where you are at the moment that you are. No filters. It's true. And so that's my encouragement. It's like, you're never going to get the courage if you don't try. And it's not going to be perfect. It's not. You're going to blow it. You're probably going to fail. You're probably going to look really goofy hitting that live button and turning it off. Been there. But if you don't start, you don't know what can grow. And so don't let that. Hey, man, you have to give space to grow. Yes. Like if you don't plant the seed, nothing's going to grow. Yeah. Like, um, I, mean, I didn't want to do this. Oh, so good, Leslie. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I was, yeah, I didn't want to do this no, podcast by do. myself. I, I wanted uh, to be partnered yeah. with somebody else. Had two opportunities to do that, and they both failed. And so then it was like the Lord was like, "Okay, are you going to do this? Because I'm asking you to do it. Are you going to let other people not following through be your reason for not following through?" And that was a hard conversation, but I was like, okay, I'm petrified, but I'm going to do it. And I did it. I mean, you know, and I'm a little baby podcast, but I, every day and every time I do it, I gain more momentum. Yeah. And you're being faithful. And I think too, is like being faithful with the little prepares you to be faithful for much. And we just don't know what we don't have the full picture of how these little, what seems little seeds of obedience of what they're going to produce in other, you know, in other areas of our life. So I think that's just an on time word of encouragement for women is like, whatever is on your heart, you know, whether it is starting a podcast, whether it is writing, whether it is trying a new hobby, like whatever, wherever God has you, you know, know that he has you there on purpose, that even though it's hard, there's still something that he's wanting to teach you about him and teach him and teach you about yourself. Yes. Um, so Leslie, before we end this podcast, I would love to just open up the floor, you know, to you, if there's any last words, any words of encouragement that you want to leave, if there's any word of encouragement that you would like to leave our listeners. You know, I kind of want to go back to what you just said about obedience, right? Um, I work for Mercy Multiplied, and one thing that our founder, Nancy Alcorn, says is that there are other people on the other side of your obedience, and we can't lose sight of that. God isn't asking us to do something for the heck of doing it, right? There's somebody that needs what he's put inside of us. And so being obedient gives the opportunity for that person to be met. Like recently, somebody sent me a message and they said, you know, this podcast and this episode changed the, tra the trajectory of my life because I was ready to give up on faith. I was ready to shut the door because Christians had hurt me and Christians had made choices that were painful to me. But your podcast is making me reconsider that God is good and he still has good for me despite what other people have done to me. Look, I, I could drop the mic then and be like, okay, obedience. And that is the fruit. And I didn't expect that. I'm just telling my story. But that's why we have to be obedient because we don't know. Obedience is about what God knows, not about what I know. 
I was reading scripture, I think last night or the day before, um, and I forget, I think it's in Corinthians, um, where he talks about, you know, sowing, like not everybody is going to see the increase of the seeds that they sow into the lives of people that they, you know, just meet or come across. And that really encouraged my heart in knowing that like we all are playing a part in God's story. And it's knowing that he intentionally crafted us the way that we are. He intentionally wrote our stories the way that they are so that we could play a role in his big story, you know? And um, I love that for us to be able to end on that note of knowing that uh, we're not being mishandled by him. We don't have to be afraid of the outcome of whatever he's forming in us because he's going to remain good. Um, and he's going to do only what he can do, right? <laughs> like we're not God. We are partnering with him and, uh, being a willing vessel to, uh, impact the lives of people here on earth. So Leslie, this has been such a great conversation and I don't want us to end this conversation without giving our listeners an opportunity to stay in contact with you. So how can they stay in touch with you? So I'm on Instagram, um, Sifted Wheat Podcast on Instagram, and I am on Facebook, Leslie Lamb, and then the podcast is on Apple, Spotify, and I think you can Google it, and it comes up in a different um, locations too, but it's Sifted Wheat, and I encourage, you know, listen if you like it, share it with others, leave a rating. Um, that's not to pat myself on the back. That's just to help us, like, get this thing pushed forward. Um, and more ears and more hearts. And so, yeah, that's it. I, I used to have a website. I'm still working on revamping it a little bit, but um, if you want to find me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the best way to find me. And then obviously through the podcast. That would be perfect, you guys. I want you guys to subscribe, listen in. I know it's going to bless your life the way that it's blessed my life. Um, and we'll make sure to put those details in the episode notes. Again, Leslie Lamb, thank you so much for hanging out with me and the amazing Call to Women community. Um, and I look forward to staying in contact. Me too. Thank you. Thank you. What did you think of today's episode? I hope you loved it as much as I did. If you found any value in this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you downloaded this episode by hitting that little down arrow wherever you're listening. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to hit the subscribe button. If you have any big takeaways from today's episode, feel free to share it with a friend that you think would benefit from this episode. I absolutely love hearing how you feel about the episodes that I'm sharing and creating for you. So feel free to tag me on social media with any truths or breakthroughs that you have received. I love reading what you find the most value in. Thank you again for being here today. And I pray that you felt the love of God through today's episode. And always remember that you belong in God's story.